Have you ever cared so much about something that it felt like it was a part of you? Do any of your coworkers have areas of sensitivity that you've learned to avoid mentioning because they get so defensive? Today, we explore the concept of psychological ownership and how it can affect our engagement and reaction to changes at work. Keep listening to today's episode of the Career Engineering Podcast to learn more and sharpen your skills for a successful career. Hi there, we are Haley and Jordan Anderson, and this is the Career Engineering Podcast, where engineers help other engineers have better careers. We're a husband and wife engineering team who are passionate about helping you excel in your workplace. After working in the energy and aerospace industries, we both got our master's degrees in organizational behavior. And in this show, we dive into some of the biggest challenges we each face at work that we didn't learn about in our technical degrees. As engineers, we all love to know how things work. So on this podcast, we'll look under the hood using research and experience to help you better navigate your coworkers, organizations, and careers. Hey there, Jordan and career engineering friends. Um, so I've got another experience that I'd like for us to use social science to diagnose a bit today. Awesome. We're excited to hear it. So a few years ago, I was part of an organization where a new leader had just come in. They had been promoted out of the ranks of the group, so when they became a leader themselves, they had a really hard time letting go of the work in their previous role. For example, one area that they were really passionate about was graphic design, and they had previously been involved with the company's marketing. So when it came time to design the materials for some of the upcoming key events, I was actually really surprised when the marketing team said they hadn't come up with the designs the new leader had. That's interesting. Hopefully they uh, appreciated that help, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Well, on the surface, this initially seemed just like a sign of micromanaging, which is, you know, sometimes happens with new leaders. But a few weeks later, when the designs went to get approved, things got a little weirder. Um, Our brand team required changes to be made to the designs to be compliant with policy. And when this leader found out about it, they were incredibly upset. Um, It seemed to fight really hard against the changes. I thought it was a bit odd since the changes weren't all that important in the grand scheme of things and it's just one design for one event but uh, they seem to take them as a personal slight and weren't willing to accept the changes yeah that is a little bit strange for sure but I, I've similarly had co-workers who seemed almost like morally offended <laughs> when a change had to be made to something that they cared about at work right so it's uh, you know definitely a real thing <laughs> on the one hand it's great that people care about their work so much but it can definitely cause problems as well particularly when something does need to change. So I'm glad we're going to be digging into this topic a little bit more today. Today we want to talk about a common phenomenon in organizations called psychological ownership, which was likely at play in the situation I explained earlier. So what is psychological ownership, Jordan? Well, psychological ownership is a state that occurs when someone experiences feelings of ownership over a target thing. So that target, it can be a job, an organization, an item, project, idea, etc. We come to feel as though that thing is a part of our fundamental identity in some way. In your personal life, you might be familiar with marketers trying to get you to feel a sense of ownership and identity in order to sell their products. I've had friends that are devout Apple disciples or that purchase the latest Tesla models because these brands build a community and their product fundamentally reflects something about who their customers are as people. Even Apple shifted their stores to be town squares where people of similar mindsets and identities can gather. Furthermore, Tesla invites customers to submit ideas for improvements and delivers new updates to their models almost monthly, so customers feel like 
they're actually shaping the product. Companies like these have created a sense of psychological ownership over these products and as such a real loyalty and invested customer base. And as individuals start to feel a personal stake in the outcome of, of their target, they start to feel like the performance of that product, that target, uh, is somehow a reflection of their own personal identity and performance. Yeah, I mean, have you ever had someone insult your favorite sports team, restaurant, movie, or book? Um, you had a stronger reaction than you may that may have been rational. Well, this is probably a good sign that you've had some feelings of psychological ownership. Yeah, you know, I've been meaning to talk to you, babe, uh, specifically about your love of Texas and Parks and Rec. <laughs> um, no, those are completely rational. I will not apologize for that. <laughs> you don't have to apologize for those things as long as I don't have to apologize for my uh, irrational following of the Utah Jazz and the Denver Broncos, even right. when they're not good. <laughs> deal, deal. Well, psychological ownership is particularly prevalent when we've invested a significant amount of time or effort into something. So we can imagine that it happens all the time at work. When we invest our time into our companies or into our roles, we come to be associated with them. And so this often results in a very strong sense of ownership. Yeah, and just like for those marketers selling products, companies want employees to feel ownership over their over their products and their outputs. In fact, studies show that having employees with high psychological ownership can be really good for organizations because it results in higher levels of stewardship, motivation, and loyalty. For this reason, companies try to foster a sense of shared identity among their employees and promote the same ownership over their work. A great example of this is Google, who calls their employees Googlers and strives to foster this environment where employees feel as though work is simply an extension of their homes and their personal identities. You may also see some companies trying to foster this by setting group-oriented performance metrics or even giving employees shares of company stock so that the company's success is more directly felt by individuals. But these incentives only set the stage for psychological ownership. An individual must actually experience true identification, feelings of control, a sense of responsibility, and uh, desire to belong in order to really have psychological ownership in these cases. So we can feel psychological ownership over the company we work for, over projects we're managing and investing time in, for teams that we're a part of, or even software we're working on. Knowing this, we can make sure that we're aware of our own areas of psychological ownership and really strive to understand others as well so that we can better navigate our workplaces and careers long-term. So Haley, how can we use our awareness of psychological ownership in action? Well, leading research tells us that psychological ownership occurs under three conditions. First, if we have, or at least perceive, that we have control over something, we're likely to have greater feelings of ownership. Second, if we've invested some part of ourselves in that target item or, or thing or idea, like our time, our money, or even just mental or emotional energy. And then the third is that if we have an intimate knowledge of an area, we're also more likely to feel ownership over it. Yeah, I think we can all see a connection between these different conditions and these feelings of ownership that occur. To like think of a real example, if we think back to whatever groups you might have been a part of in, in high school, if you're on a sports team, you probably spent hours practicing and you and the team knew the sport better than the other people at school. And this really gave you an identity as a, a basketball player or an athlete. And it likely helped you feel like you belonged, that you had lots of capabilities physically. And so thus you probably felt a lot of ownership over how the team performed, how others spoke about the team. The same could definitely be true for any other you know, group, whether that's band or theater or whatever area was your thing. 
Yeah, that's a great way to think about it. And when we feel psychological ownership over something, we take responsibility and accountability for it. You know, we want to protect it and feel threatened when something may change it. So you'd probably do all sorts of things that you wouldn't otherwise do for your group in high school, like sell candy bars to raise money in fundraisers or work out in the early morning all summer long uh, or just run a little bit faster or lift a little bit more. And if someone suddenly came in and said they were cutting funding for your team, you wouldn't just be sad that you were losing your, your pastime. You'd be upset because you'd be losing a sense of your identity, losing your group, even losing your belief in yourself to do something hard like playing a sport or an instrument. Well, now that we understand the ways that psychological ownership forms, we can use this to our advantage in two main areas. First, in helping increase it within our teams to the benefit of our company, and second, being aware of how it can affect change at work. In the first case, we can help even the most apathetic team members care for and invest in our projects or the company by fostering their psychological ownership. And so as we help individuals feel a greater sense of control, we ask them to invest time or energy into something, and we help them learn more about an area, their ownership is very likely to grow and, and that's going to improve their loyalty and their motivation. Yeah, furthermore, organizations and leaders would do well to foster a strong sense of psychological ownership to the company as a whole, rather than to just individuals' roles. Um, Job-level psychological ownership is good, but it can lead to a sense of competition as individuals seek their own success or dominance of their you know, own pet projects, per se, over others, rather than looking out for the whole team. I've definitely seen this at work, and, and it can be bad um, if you don't have that shared sense of ownership. Employees who feel a strong sense of ownership over their entire firm or team will have greater loyalty and will be more willing to go above and beyond for the whole company, not just for their narrow areas of job-related ownership. Well, second, um, when organizational change occurs, you can get very defensive when something takes away from the target of your ownership. And on the flip side, you can get very excited and invested when a change is going to expand upon something that you care a lot about. And so this is important personally because it can really help us self-diagnose why we might be feeling defensive about something that's happening at work. And when we're thinking about our coworkers, this can really help us understand that if they have a high level of psychological ownership over the thing that needs to change, the way they perceive the change is going to play a big role in their reaction. And so if they feel like we're diminishing this thing that they feel ownership for, they are very likely to put up resistance or have conflict on this given topic. Yeah, that's exactly what happened to the boss I mentioned at the beginning about graphic design and marketing. Yeah, exactly. They reacted negatively to the changes proposed because they felt like they were taking away from this great idea that, that they felt ownership for. On the positive side, if someone feels like a change is really adding to or building up an area where they feel a strong sense of ownership, we can anticipate that they're gonna show a lot of support and care for this change. You know, They can become very strong change agents and potentially really help us champion these changes. And I remember one other time at work, there was an employee who was putting up major resistance to a process change that we were trying to implement. After multiple meetings of trying to convince them, we finally took a step back and just asked for their input on the plan. In doing so, we got some useful information on their concerns and where they saw the project going. While we weren't able to assuage all of their concerns immediately, over time we were able to get the individual to actually support the project and help us out. Um, it turns out that they had already invested a lot of time improving the process. They were experts 
experts. They had that intimate knowledge of the area and were offended that we might try to change something that they were so invested in. So when we involved them and increased their sense of control and input, they were able to help us make the solution even better and continue to have a strong positive sense of ownership even after the new change was implemented. Yeah, I think that's a really great example of how psychological ownership can be at play even when maybe we don't really recognize it, right? I think this highlights the important truth that the way we approach and advertise change is, is very important. We don't want to make change sound like whoever came up with the original idea or process did a terrible job and, and we need to scrap it immediately. Uh, that's only going to make people very defensive. We want to make it feel like someone's done a wonderful job with the time and resources that they've already invested. And we want it to, to seem like our change is really just there to build up and enhance the good work uh, that someone else has already done. Mm. Definitely. It's hard to believe how this simple idea of psychological ownership really does appear in so many situations at work. So to wrap up today's episode, we've learned that psychological ownership can play a powerful role in our organizations. It's a natural outcome when we feel like we can control a target have invested significant time or energy into something, or possess intimate knowledge of an area. These conditions are often present at work, and so we as individuals, as well as our coworkers, can develop psychological ownership over our projects, our teams, and even our companies. Yeah, this results in these targets becoming inextricably tied to our own identities, our own sense of belonging, and our belief in ourselves as their success becomes a reflection of our own reputations. For this reason, companies and leaders would do well to foster this sense of ownership by placing individuals in circumstances to develop a greater connection with their teams and organizations. However, psychological ownership can have a dark side. In change situations, individuals with high ownership over an area where it feels like subtraction is occurring, will most likely behave with resistance and really behave defensively. Whereas on the positive side, if individuals have ownership over something that we're changing in a positive way, uh, they're going to be very highly motivated to participate and champion that change. Yeah, we can involve individuals in decision-making, provide them information, help them feel a greater sense of control over an area, all in order to increase their sense of psychological ownership. And when in place, psychological ownership can be a powerful tool to strengthen employees' motivation, loyalty, and support for organizational change. Knowing about these effects can help us understand how psychological ownership might be underpinning our own reactions to events at work. What challenges are you facing at work or in your career? Do you like what you're hearing here or have anything to add to the discussion? Be sure to hit subscribe on our podcast to keep the conversation going and let us know your thoughts by reaching out to us. Links to our social media channels as well as our email are included in the show notes.